On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we're fighting evil cyborgs sent from the future to change the past again and again and again. That's right. We're talking Terminator Dark Fate. Get your popcorn ready. I know you're scared, but I'm here to protect you. A Terminator wants her dead. The most lethal Terminator ever created. I'm going to help you protect the girl. If you don't make it, everybody dies. Terminator Dark Fate. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today, man? I'm back. You're back. Well, this is... Is this is a movie of your of your these this is your brethren here, your fellow cyborgs. There you go. Your fellow machines at on display here. I don't know if we've ever just like if we've ever discussed the the Canadian machine nickname before. I mean obviously the Canadian part is pretty self explanatory. Mm-hmm. I would think. I would think. But the machine part is literally from the fact that you sleep less than anybody I know with a wife and two kids and you have wear more hats than anybody i know you do not only are you the director of sales at red tail where we work you are like i said married father of two you do this stuff in your whatever spare time you have you coach track coach basketball what else do you do am i missing anything I don't know. You probably do, uh, probably and, something else. And there. those hats <laughs> include other hats as well. You, you, he's a machine. And then like you'll you'll tell me like I didn't go to bed till like two thirty last night for some nonsense reason. So this I feel like you should be right at home watching That's right. watching it's Terminator Dark Fate. Absolutely. <laughs> this is your people's. Now if only I looked like them. Like Arnold well, Arnold, yeah. you know. You know, Arnold's showing his ears. He's getting sure. up there, you know, is is a is a cybernetic endoskeleton with living skin so that's that's what you know everybody was like well how could he be the same terminator well if it's living skin then they age like that's Mm. how it's supposed to work they're supposed to be infiltrators and live human lives but whatever um (laughs) we're back with terminator man i mean we didn't do i think when did genesis come out genesis came out a few years ago like four years ago i think um and it it didn't do yeah four years ago 2015 didn't do amazingly wasn't well received to put it politely to put it politely but this is the sixth terminator dark fate is the sixth terminator film to be released that's not including the groundbreaking 3d live action attraction t2 3d battle across time and it also doesn't include what I think to be a fairly underrated, I think, two seasons of Terminator to Sarah Connor Chronicles uh, on television, which ended in the the worst cliffhanger to end all series and was never going to get announced. And we'll never know how that ended. And it's it's stupid that I got invested with it, but whatever. 
So we're at six movies, man. And it has been, I think you put it before we talked about, before we started the podcast, I think you put it well when you said it's had a mixed past, right? It has. What's your what's your feeling on Terminator in general, whether it be the original, the sequel, the the movies and stuff like that? Because I know that I have a pretty deep seated love for these movies myself. I mean, I try to just think of it as Terminator One and Terminator Two. <laughs> well, I, I think tr- you are not alone. I try not to think about everything that came after. I think you're not alone. Um, and there was some positives of each of those movies. Well, I mean, Genesis was a little rough, but... Yeah, but even um, that has some positives. Sure, sure. That's what we're here for, you know? But I think the great part about the first two, especially, is you had... You know, first and foremost, it starts with, like, how it looked, especially during the time. I mean, sure. for when those movies came out, the... The CGI work was incredible. Oh, T2's ground. Like, I know we're going to say groundbreaking a lot, but it was. Yeah, it was. And so. It was Terminator 2 that convinced Steven Spielberg, I think. It was Terminator 2 that convinced Spielberg that he could make Jurassic Park. I think. I know it. What they did in T2 pushed a lot of directors yeah. into doing projects that they didn't realize they could do. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, that was a massive achievement there. Um, it was also, you know, super gritty and kind of dark, you know, in a lot of ways. And it had really good action. It wasn't like, you know, it was nonstop action, but you kind of felt like you were on your edge of your seat, the entire films. Right. And it was just a lot of fun for like a, not necessarily light movie, but it, it, it was well paced and looked great and just, I mean, it's iconic. Like, there's so many things about Terminator that are iconic. I mean, you go back through the history of of movies and Terminator and and especially some of the things in T2 are just, I mean, you got two iconic characters out of the franchise and and obviously Arnold's Terminator, Mm -hmm. uh, the T-800, and Sarah Connor. I mean, those are two of the more iconic characters. Especially in T2, you get one of the most iconic villains of all time. The T-1000 is... Like the perfect example of taking a concept and upping it to an and yeah. upping the ante. Yeah, and everything since then has just been trying to. And it's one of the reasons I love the franchise is it's always trying to one up itself in yeah whatever new crazy <laughs> stupid robot can be sent back in time now. Well, and I feel like in the first two films, to it gave you enough of the like sci-fi stuff. Sure. To kind the world of, building. Yeah, it gave you enough that you were okay with it, but not enough for you to start like questioning the the, the timeline uh, and the timeline <laughs> and the implications and everything else about right, it. Right. Whereas when they finally went like, let's go to when like John Connor's an adult and like all these other things, sure. like it starts to get messy. Really messy. <laughs> That's that's a good point. And, you know, Terminator 2, I saw Terminator 2. Shout out to shout out to Papa Williamson and and my parents in general for just letting me watch the most probably inappropriate crap when I was a kid. But like I watched Terminator 2 on like HBO Betamax recording tape. And I remember (laughs) and even now to this day, I remember thinking that Terminator 2 was the most violent film ever made. Because it had the T-1000, like, stabbing people and whatnot and stabbed a guy through an eye. And 
stab uh, what's his name through the Xander Berkeley through the through the mouth. Spoilers for Terminator Two, obviously. But uh, I remember thinking it was the most violent thing in the world, and now I watch it now, and it's borderline PG thirteen by some cases. Yeah. Um, but Terminator Two is an all time action movie. Like literally, it's on it's on all the lists of all time action movie, all time Arnold movie, all time sequel, all time heroes, all time villains. It's genius in the way that it takes the Terminator, which was. Yeah, it was a sci-fi movie, but it was also kind of a horror movie at the time, too. It was this independent, you know, sci-fi horror film that came out about, like, what if this crazy machine came back in time and was hunting you down? And it took it and, again, flipped everything around so perfectly that it is one of, truly one of the perfect sequels. It took the iconic villain of the first movie made him the hero mm-hmm. because Arnold had since become Arnold. It turned the uh, damsel in distress into one of the best female action characters ever. It took the concept of a robot killer and turned it into a liquid metal killer. And it took the concept of I have to protect this woman because she's going to have a son who's going to save the future to protecting the son to save the future. It's a perfect escalation. And then everything after that is just diminishing returns, right? Terminator 3... Not a terrible movie, but not a great movie. And it has to do a lot, and, and a big part of that is that they had to recast John Connor. They didn't bring Linda Ham- Hamilton back. And every other bad guy Terminator since then is always just kind of like, well, it's not the T-1000. Like, the TX, right? The female Terminator. Mm-hmm. She was a metal, solid metal endoskeleton with liquid metal you know, skin essentially. So she mm-hmm. had the, it's the best of both worlds. Right. But the, the endoskeleton is a weakness in my opinion. Like it's the sure. T-1000's peak. Right. Yeah. And then in salvation, they tried to do the half man, half cyborg Marcus. Uh, what's his name? Sam Worthington, mm-hmm. bring him in and they do some stuff, whatever, you know, there's not really the next evolution of Terminator then because it's still in the early goings, Sure, but you had the human robot hybrid and then Genesis. It's, and again, salvation is not a bad movie, but it's just not a great Terminator movie. Like Christian Bale is not playing John Connor. He's playing Batman as John Connor. And it screws with the mythos a little bit, but you know, I love the Terminator. I love Terminator 3 because it's so nihilistic in its ending. You know, we spent the first two and a half movies trying to prevent Judgment Day, and then it happens. That's a bold move. You know, the heroes fighting, 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 and then they lose. That's some endgame shit right there. And then Salvation is the na- natural step forward in that, okay, and now it's time for the War of the Machines. We've been seeing it in flashbacks. Let's do the full thing. But then they, they walked it back. And they do Genesis, and they try to do Genesis as a full reboot, which, again, I will give them props for trying to think creatively, where the good guy sent a Terminator all the way back to when Sarah's a girl. That becomes her guardian. That's old Arnold. He shows up and kills new Arnold in in the original Terminator movie, and they kind of, like, lap over timelines, and they try to duplicate it, and they cast Jai Courtney as Michael Bean, and they cast Amelia Clark as uh, as Sarah Connor, and it's that kind of shit that didn't work. And then they turn John Connor from the future, Jason Clark, into like the T five thousand, 
who I don't know just has better metal skin over him. You know, it, it's it, you know, it, it's not that great. You know, and mm. even T two three D, they do the T one million where it's just the T one thousand, but it's a giant spider thing. Yeah, and and again, it's diminishing returns. And so Dark Fate's here to. You know, kind of offer that soft reboot remake that we've been seeing with Force Awakens, with Jurassic World, where we're trying to acknowledge the things that have come in the past whilst moving forward in the future with new characters. And before we get into actually talking about non-spoilers and whatnot, what would you say your ranking of the Terminator films is with no Dark Fate? So don't put Dark Fate in there yet. But out of the five, so not including Dark Fate, how would you how would you rank the five existing Terminator movies? I did this on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter at the Popcorn Diet, you can see my rankings on there. I think I go T two, the original Terminator. Then third would probably be T three, and then Salvation, then Genesis. I should probably actually remember refresh myself what I posted on Twitter so I don't contradict myself. So you don't myself. contradict yourself? Yeah, because yeah. I remember when I originally posted it, I thought... Um, T2 is... T2, like we've been talking about, is one of those rare sequels that aims, does everything aims, aims to up the first one and does it without losing what was so great about the first one. Right. And so, like, most of the time, sequels are, like, we revisit the same kind of thing or mm -hmm. story that we just got and they try to go bigger but a lot of times that makes you le lose what was so great about the first one and right. sometimes that's unavoidable because right. we've already seen this before you know like kind of what we ran into with the first it mm -hmm. and it chapter two it was like some of that stuff of seeing you know Pennywise was lost no, because we we've it. already we did seen it already. It. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's what makes it so genius. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, not to compare the two because T2 and sure. like Jurassic World don't touch one another. Sure. But it takes the T-Rex who in the original series was the big mamma jamma and it basically turns it into a good guy. It's the same thing with the Raptors. And what's genius about that is it's giving us more of the same, but it is changing the alignments. Right. That's why it's so good is we're OK. We got the same thing. But instead of another Terminator chasing you, it's a Terminator protecting you. That's great. Mm -hmm. But they haven't really been able to break away from that because you got Arnold. You got to keep bringing Arnold back and Arnold still got to keep being the, the Terminator. You can't really break away from Arnold, unfortunately. Like, because what are you going to do? Bring Robert Patrick in as the good guy in the third movie and be like, we we programmed a T-1000 to be your protector. That's actually not a half bad idea, but you couldn't get Robert Patrick because he's a creepy bastard. You know, he just naturally looks like a bad guy. So, again, I think we stopped halfway through your rankings here. So you got T2, you got the regular Terminator. Then T3. Then T3. Then Salvation. Then Genesis. Then Genesis. And I think that's where I'm at, too. Judgment Day is clear number one. The original Terminator is clear number two. I, as a, you know, I'm going to be a smart ass and put T2 3D in there. As a, as number three, and then I have Rise of the Machines number four, Salvation Wrong number five, and Genesis number six uh, from my rank. Well, it is genuinely a sequel. It's genuinely an an, an addition to the story. You know, 
And it's a long enough attraction. It's 25, 30 minutes of an attraction. Whatever. Get out of here. You know what? I'm going to do whatever I want on this thing. This is our podcast. We make the rules as we go (laughs) along. So, again, we kind of got to this movie in a strange way. Now, you did a little bit of historical research on here. Obviously, Terminator is all about history, past, present, future. But how did we get to this movie? How did we get to this movie? Because they tried to reboot it with Genesis, right? So what what took us to this position as our historian? Talk us through a little bit. It's not like undocumented. No, no there's there's it. there's not a whole lot of history on this. So, I mean, really, you kind of pick up with Genesis where we had what was supposed to be a trilogy. So originally Genesis was set up to be the first of, of three films. Um, unfortunately for for that purpose. <laughs> everyone involved. Um, for and everyone and, involved. And anyone who liked that movie. The, uh, the films, the other films didn't happen, mostly because of its domestic rece- reception. Um, it did okay overseas, um, and, and overall, probably the overall numbers were okay, but it just it wasn't well-received in the U.S., um, which is obviously important a lot of times for, sure. for getting support for this. Um, it, funny enough, it was interesting that the the next film was supposed to um, have Arnold come back in his role as the T-800 again, mm-hmm. um, which we can we can talk about that later about the involvement of Arnold and every <laughs> having to be in all I these mean, films for whatever reason. I mean, he's Arnold, you know, it's sure. hard not to. But after that, it kind of just fizzled out. Um, and in, I believe it was 2016 ish. Um, Tim Miller had basically talked to uh, Ellison and David Ellison. Sure. The founder of Skydance about eventually directing a new t- Terminator film, but he wanted to do it after Deadpool 2. Okay. But when Miller ended up leaving Deadpool 2, he obviously was free to to do another uh, project. And so with that, James Cameron joined. And I think kind of the thought was that if James Cameron joins, like it'll lend a lot of credibility to the next film. Right. Um, which, let's be honest, it was in need of some credibility. Oh, definitely. We wasn't in the, in the best spot after Genesis. And so... They brought on uh, Cameron, and you know, basically, there's not a whole lot of work after that. Um, it was basically the way they described Cameron's involvement was a consultant involved a lot in the pre-production, some of the script work, and some of the scenes within there. The and so, guiding, the guiding force behind it, somewhat. Yeah, and so it, uh, you know, then we get into the casting and that kind of stuff. But there's not a whole lot of of other history on it. The budget was. Somewhere between 185 and and 200 million, so decent size budget, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, um, I, it's uh, you know what's number one. I have to. I'm looking at the. I'm trying to look at the box office stats, but again, just got to put this out there. Box office mojo has completely annihilated any usefulness on their site. David, as a quick sidebar, they have three different Terminator showdowns. One that is T2, T3, and Salvation. One that is Salvation and Genesis. And one that is Dark Fate and Genesis. But they don't have a single one with all of them because Box Office Mojo is garbage now. But the the movies haven't changed that much, especially when you look at like the worldwide grosses. And this is not accounting for, uh, accounting for inflation at all. But T2 worldwide 
made $516 million worldwide in 1991. Obviously a lot of money. Uh, T3 in 2003, which was literally 12 years later, they decided like, okay, finally we're going to bring Terminator back. That movie made $433 million worldwide. Not terrible, but not like, you know, Avengers level money. And then Salvation took a dip down. It was only $371 million worldwide. And then Genesis went at, actually went up a little bit. It went back up to $440 million worldwide. Now, this movie had Genesis-level opening weekend. Not a great opening weekend. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's box office fatigue? Do you think it's the fact that it opened November 1st? Do you think that Terminator is just not resonating with the current movie crowd. I mean, you you talked about how the time travel stuff gets holes poked in it because we as an audience have evolved since 1991. You know, we're an audience is smarter now. They've heard the stories. Mm -hmm. They know the beats. Do you think that's why? Like if you had to make a guess, I think some of it is a lot of skepticism as far as like what are we doing here? Like, okay, we, we've got Arnold back yet again for Terminator, mm -hmm. but now we're bringing back Linda Hamilton and Sarah Connor's character. Sure. So it, I think a lot of it was, okay, I'm not really sure where we're going with this. And, you know, again, you've had three not fantastic films in a row for Terminator mm -hmm. and, and a lot of, a lot of it could be contributed to, I mean, look, this came out November 1st. You're not going to find a lot of movies that just blew up the box office November 1st. Sure. And so Almost I, all of the movies were released in the summer. So all the other franchise movies. I think those are other aspects of it. I also think, um, you know, there's the trailer didn't do it a whole lot of favors, in my opinion. The first one, especially the first one, especially, I think. Nothing in the trailer speaks to like, oh, this is new and exciting. Like right. it looks like every other Terminator film we've seen and already. It, and it looked goofy. Like the it, like you have Mackenzie Davis's character who's like defined physics, and it's like that's just not interesting action nowadays. Yeah, uh, and so I think I just don't think a lot of the marketing helped it a whole lot. I don't think the previous films helped it a whole lot, and I think the release date. And so I think the combo of those. Um, have heard it, but I also think, you know, it's gotten positive reviews and we'll talk about what we think about it. And I do think it could have some legs where, you know, maybe this doesn't lend to the, like, I don't think, I don't think this film, not to skip ahead to what we think of them film, but I mean, like, I don't, well. I don't think anything that happened in this film or the way that people are going to receive it or the way it's going to perform are going to be death nails to us never seeing a Terminator movie again. I mean, it's not it's certainly not helping anything. Sure. You know, it's got a B plus cinema score, which is fine. It got, I believe, positive on I mean, 71% last I looked 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it made twenty nine million dollars opening weekend, which is not great. Uh, it's five day total is thirty four million, which is. $8 million less than Genesis's five-day total, which, granted, Genesis opened on the 4th of July weekend, you know, so yeah. it's got that going for it. But, yeah, it's not, it's not looking great. And what's a bummer as we now talk, you know, spoiler-free kind of discussion and review on what we thought about the movie, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. I enjoyed it. I Like I said, I like this franchise, so even the bad 
movies in the franchise. And and again, this goes back to our core philosophy of, we, you know, we're going to always look for something that we like in our movies unless it's just completely devoid of anything enjoyable. And I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I liked it's hard to talk about anything in really deep detail without going into spoilers, but you talk performances, right? Mackenzie Davis is her new character, Grace. Good. She's good. Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton. Awesome. Love seeing Linda Hamilton back. Sarah Connor's a badass. She's great. She gets the best lines in the movie. She's really... I, I miss Linda Hamilton. I'm glad she's back. Arnold. Arnold coming back as, as, and again, we can't really talk about anything Arnold really does without getting into spoilers. Suffice it to say, we all know he's back. We all know that he's playing old older Arnold. And I think what they do with that character is really interesting. I mean, he to me, he provides some of, believe it or not, the comedic relief in this the film, The best too. comedic relief. Some of the, some of the more, honestly, some of the more dramatic heft yep. as well. Still holds up in the action, too, even at Still holds age. up in the action. Still a badass. Gabriel Luna as the Rev-9. Really, like, solid. Yeah. You know? And so, as far as performances go, I, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this movie. Uh, a lot of it is is kind of any negatives I have to say about this movie are probably more tied to how obvious some of the parallels are with the first movie and the second movie because there are obviously ties there. And yep. and again, this goes back to the way an audience evolves over time. And when I say audience, I just I'm talking about the general public, yeah. the general movie going public, right? Now that we are getting to the point where where we are seeing more of these soft remake franchise reboots, we're being able to pick up on what studios are doing. You yeah. know, and when it was Star Wars, it was unique. Oh, they're just they're doing the same thing with different characters. And it was Jurassic World. It was exciting. But now we're getting to the point of where it's like, oh, I can see what they're trying to do. The magic trick doesn't work as much anymore. And so that's my, uh, as far as negative goes, that's any negative that I can say is that we can see the seams. We can see behind the scenes of what they're trying to do. Um, what about you as far as well, just general non-spoiler I think, I think with, with all the movies you kind of mentioned, to me, I, I think I kind of give a, a pass when you're trying to reboot a franchise. And, and while this isn't completely rebooting it, with where they stick this movie in the timeline, and we'll get to that in spoilers, to me it's a reboot. And so from that standpoint, I kind of give, just like I gave the first Star Wars movie after however many years, um, a, a little bit of a pass because I think to some point when you're restarting something or or picking up in a in a timeline like you kind of have to go back to the, some of the same old tropes to, sure. to really get back and to feel in sync with the rest of the to establish to establish things yeah but to me then like where you're truly judged is what you do from there like to me personally after Jurassic World the next one, and I can't remember what it was called. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Which honestly could, again, Fallen Kingdom and Dark Fate, you could throw that on any sequel sure. title. And there's <laughs> Jurassic World, Dark Fate. Okay, I'm in. Whatever. Like, to me, I I was fine with Jurassic World. It was fun to go back to that world. Star fun Wars, to do Dark that. Fate. Then Fallen Kingdom. Star was, Wars, Fallen Kingdom. I wasn't as excited. <laughs> Um, and I liked and see, I liked Fallen Kingdom because they 
for the exact opposite or for the exact same reason is yeah. that they took a left turn. Sure. And sometimes that can work in your favor. Sometimes, sometimes that not. turn works and sometimes it doesn't. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes people like it's, it, sometimes they don't. And it's different for everybody. You know, and the same thing that happened in Star Wars. Like, they took a turn when they did... Last Jedi. Last yeah. Jedi. They took some people turns. liked that turn, and some people didn't. <laughs> and so, to me, it's not as much about this film as much to judge this. Like, I think everybody will walk away from it being, it's fine. It felt kind of in sync with, you know, the, the first couple films, especially... But like, where do we go from here? Sure. Like, if if this is going to be something that we're going to keep seeing every few years, like, where do you take it here that's going to be fresh and that works and that kind of stuff? And right. So, um, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think, you know, I think one of the things that will help this franchise, and we'll get into this in spoilers, is not making the new thing in every Terminator movie. And, and maybe this is impossible, but like, not making the new thing always like what's new about the Terminator, right. like the next Terminator. Right. Like we can have a movie that's called Terminator. And and I know Salvation and Genesis tried this a little bit, but like we can make it where it's not just like, let's put on display a new Terminator type of thing. Sure. So. Which is, again, it's part of the reason I like it is because it's like, oh, what crazy. It's almost like Batman bad guys where you can tell. And that's the thing is you can introduce a wacky new bad guy. Yeah. Like Christopher Nolan, people, uh, and this is a slight tangent here, sure. slightly off to the off to the left here, but like you look at the original Batman trilogy, you got Joker, you got Penguin, you got Catwoman, you got Riddler, Two Face, you got Poison Ivy, Mister Freeze, Bane, right? And they're all basically some version of Nicholson's Joker. They're all cackling lunatics, and it's just like Batman's got to fight these bad guys. But then you think about Christian Bale's Batman, you think about Christopher Nolan's Batman, and you think about the fact that he went up against Scarecrow, Ra's al Ghul, he went up against Joker, he went up against Two-Face, he went up against Catwoman, he went up against Bane, Talia al Ghul, I, I might even be missing one, but he went up against just as many villains, and they're able to tell a more rewarding story my point is you can introduce colorful new villains, but the heroes have to grow from them. Yeah. It, it has to be some, an, a villain that, that represents the internal struggle as much as the external struggle. It can't just be a shiny new villain. Otherwise, you, you guess, you know, surprise, your, your franchise is going to last. Which is the challenge when you have robots as your villains. Sure. Because they're not going to elicit emotional struggles necessarily directly right because they're not playing a psychological game they're just right. literally trying to kill you right and i like the new terminator like i liked i liked what they did with grace's character i liked the rev nine like again it's basically the same terminator that we've been getting in the last three movies where it's a metal endoskeleton with a liquid metal exoskeleton except they can operate independently from one another yeah there's some tweaks there. they do some cool stuff with it they do some cool fights there's some cool visuals and stuff like that i'm into it uh it's nice and violent again it's it's r-rated so mm -hmm. you know people get blown up and there's some bloody stuff and the blades and whatnot and i'm into all of that um and like I said, Arnold and, and Linda Hamilton being back are just rad. Like yeah. they have a great, those characters have such a great history that seeing them interact, seeing her be this salty old badass sure. interacting with his robot is, it, is nothing but entertaining. And you recognize the history that these characters have. So 
I mostly enjoyed it, and I and I guess I mean, do you have it before before we get no, into let's the get into ratings? popcorn ratings and let's go. All right, to as you said, let's get into the popcorn ratings. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Now, if you've never listened to this podcast before, we do ratings a little bit differently. We don't do one, two, three, four popcorns. We have certain popcorn ratings assigned, uh, and it starts with burnt popcorn. Burnt popcorn means a movie is garbage. Don't waste your time with it. Even if you can see it for free, there are better things you can do with your time. We then have stale popcorn, which is like if you have to on a pinch, maybe get it at Redbox or stream it for a couple bucks. But it's not it's really not that good. We have microwave popcorn, which is your mileage may vary. It's somewhere in the middle. The best microwave popcorn can be pretty satisfying and the worst microwave popcorn can be really disappointing. So microwave popcorn is solidly fine it's in the middle we have movie theater popcorn which means you should go out and see this in a movie theater at some point take the time invest the time go see it on a big screen and then we have perfect popcorn which means go see it as soon as possible on the biggest screen with the loudest sound and the most spectators that you can and then if we ever waver on any of those if we ever feel like a movie rating should fall in between we throw a soda on it we say it's microwave popcorn and a soda so david for you for your popcorn ratings for terminator dark fate what would you give it uh, it's a tough it's, one it's a tough one i think i think i'll give it i think it's three and a soda so i, I you think, think it's, it's microwave popcorn I think it's, microwave, and a soda? I think it's microwave popcorn and a soda because i i I see value in seeing it in theaters. For me personally, you should go see it in theaters. But at the same time, like I don't think you're necessarily missing out on anything big time. Um, I think you'd be fine watching it when it goes to streaming or you can rent it, that kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of in the middle for me. The, the, the theater person, the movie lover in me says go see it in theaters if you like the Terminator movies. If you enjoy movies, go see it. It's fun to see uh sarah connor back in action if you're kind of like eh i, I don't really care about the terminator movies and you just want a a night of some action f- film just wait and rent it so yeah that's, that's kind of where i'm at with it and you know we always try and be understanding when it comes to our movie rankings and, and when it comes to our popcorn ratings because there's always a little bit of a caveat you know if if this isn't your type of movie if you're not into the Terminator movies, then this is not going to be a movie for you to go see. But in my opinion, I think that this is a movie theater popcorn movie. So I'm giving it movie theater popcorn. I think if we wanted to revise our rankings, I think that Dark Fate falls in right behind Terminator 2. I, or I'm sorry, Terminator. So it's T2, Terminator, Dark Fate, T2 3D, Rise of the Machines. Um, Salvation and Genesis. It's 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 better than all of the other Terminator movies that have come after T2. And maybe that's because it's set right after T2. Cameron has famously come out and said that 3, 4, and 5 are part of a different timeline. And this is the timeline that is led directly off of T2. And so... I just think it's good. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I thought it was solid. I'm bummed that it didn't make more money. And uh, I would go on more adventures with these characters. I would like to see more of that. I want to see the wacky new Terminator, whatever the hell they come up with to chase after him again. I'm into it. But uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm giving it that movie theater popcorn. And obviously we want to talk spoilers and whatnot. We want to get into the time travel details and and such but before we do we got to take a quick little break 
What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free by hitting the subscribe button and following us wherever you're listening from. We really appreciate you just taking a few seconds, write a rating, write a review, share The Popcorn Diet with your good movie buddies. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Not only is that going to help us improve the podcast, but it's going to get you patron-only access to a lot of different items, including free early access episodes when we get it, when we get an opportunity to roll them out early and additional episodes that we do, including franchise refills, Oscar primers, and more. So check us out at patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that we're all over social media on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, predictions and more on our website, popcorn But now it's time to dive into the spoilers a little bit and dive into the plot, if you will. And that's, you know, oftentimes that's kind of the crux of the new movie is how are we going to screw with time (laughs) this time? And uh, every movie has done it, whether it be messing with the past, messing with the future, uh, who knows? But David, this movie opens a little controversially, Mm -hmm. depending on how much you love Terminator 2. This movie opens... With, ter- with Sarah Connor and John Connor chilling in, like, Mexico and a young Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in vacation Terminator mode wearing, like, some khakis and a red shirt straight up coming up and shooting John Connor, double-tapping him twice in the chest with a shotgun. Like, John Connor's dead in this new official timeline. The first two movies, their mission, protect John Connor, protect the future. Connor's dead. How do you feel about that? You know, it's tough because it kind of undoes, especially being a direct sequel. So I think we're, what, technically like three years after? Yeah, it's it's 95, I think, is when they're in Mexico. 94, 95. So that's three or four years. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. What's, I think it was 95 when, or maybe 90? I'm just thinking when Terminator. Oh, it's 98. Well, it's 98 when that scene happens, but yes. I think when we leave them in Terminator 2, for some reason, I feel like it was 95, but I could be I wrong. I think you're right, even though the movie was set in 91. Sure. So, with that... Or it was made in 91, excuse me. Yeah, I can't remember. Either way, we're, we're a little ways down the path from there, but regardless... Yeah, 95, you're right. All right. We pulled the stats up, sorry. There you go. <laughs> so, even though we're, you know, a couple years past... You know, you had this whole film of, you know, keeping John alive. Sure. Like, that was the whole purpose of the film. Yep. We were told this, that John is the savior, all this kind of stuff. You know, Sarah Connor felt so hard and then to, you know, fought so hard to keep him alive. You had the T-800 who fought to keep him alive and died. Thumbs up. I still cry. You know, Terminator 2 is one of the movies that makes me cry. But... To have it happen so quickly and it just to be like, boom, he's gone. And for there not to be more of a fight to prevent it, like Sarah Connor doesn't do more. Right. Like we've established Sarah Connor as this, you know, this badass. Right. You know, and and yet should go. (laughs) This happens so easily. Right. And again, you could say, oh, they were caught off guard. Whatever you want to say. It doesn't really matter. But it does feel like it cheapens a little bit of what happened there. That being said, I'm all for pivoting, going a different direction than what we've gone. We've we've explored the world of John Connor a whole lot in mm-hmm. some of these films that 
you know, maybe didn't work out as successfully. So I'm fine pivoting and going another direction. Just maybe you could have given him a little bit better exit than that. Sure. And, and I, you know, I didn't mind it too much because the movie posits that they succeeded at the end of Terminator 2. They stopped Judgment Day. They stopped Skynet. They say this in the movie that Skynet doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Grace is another enhanced human. So they kind of take a cue from Salvation in that she has body enhancements. She has the technology in her in her body to make her a better fighter against these Terminators, which makes sense. I mean, especially nowadays when we are using technology to augment our our sight, our, our bodies, you know, we're adding you know, uh, robotic limbs to each other. It makes sense that the human resistance would use technology to augment themselves. But Grace comes back from the future and says, like, well, what's Skynet? And so Sarah knows she they succeeded. Uh, apparently, instead of Skynet, it's now Legion. And that's what's trying to kill the new girl, Danny Ramos or Ramos, right? And so I like the idea that Skynet didn't just send one Terminator back, that Skynet sent... A bunch of Terminators back in like several different timelines like they basically just like dropped them in every two years Like we're gonna send one back here we're gonna send one back here we're gonna send one back here that's honestly what even Genesis you know posited is that we're gonna send a Terminator back all the way to when Sarah's a baby to or a little girl to prevent her because that just makes sense you, you think about Skynet in that instant right they're about to be destroyed why not send 20 Terminators all throughout time to take out these guys, you know? But this posits that we're now in, they've changed the course of time, they've changed the course of future, and yet there is still, inexplicably, a f they are now in a different future timeline mm -hmm. where a different AI technological robotic thing takes over called Legion and somehow builds the same looking Terminators, like a well, relatively no. similar looking Terminators. Well, no, and actually this is where um, there was a great interview with Tim Miller where they basically asked him a lot of these kind of tough to determine sure, these just watching the film. Holes and, in the timeline type stuff. And so the Legion actually didn't send the T-800 that killed No, that's John. all Skynet still. That's Skynet, that's Skynet still, dropping sending them, them at time. different times. Yes, but the and Rev-9. So the Rev-9 is sent by them, but that's a different, different, uh, it's not a T-1000, No, obviously. it's a Rev-9. So, but yeah. I do find it funny that, okay, we destroyed Skynet because Skynet built these very specific uh, Terminators, these very specific metal skeletons. And, and Miller said in the interview that legion's origin is not hidden um in any of the scenes so like they he didn't drop anything in there but if they end up making two more films and we'll talk about that end, the like they're going to explore kind of the origins of legion as well basically kind of the idea that you know while skynet was destroyed you know humans are still stupid and eventually created, created, created an AI that sure. ended up becoming self-aware, things like that. Which sounds so. right. That's, that tracks humanity in general. That sounds about right. Exactly. So, so I just, I found, I found it interesting and I'm all in for more explorations, but I found it funny that you got rid of one future terrible sure. organization that built metal skeletons and that this, this random new one that's going to pop up, its strategy is also to build metal skeletons. Well, and I think to that point, this movie follows a, 
you know, this is probably one of the beefs that people have out there with it is that it follows, like we were talking about in the non-spoilers, a lot of the same patterns of right. the first two films. Right. In that, okay, there's this thing in the future this that's operated by machines or AI that sends someone back to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Most of the film is spent with this Terminator trying to kill right this person who's a leader in the future Mm -hmm. you know you've got another machine that steps in and tries to protect that person and the whole goal is basically keep this person alive right and not only that but legion also developed time travel exactly like legion did a lot of the same shit that skynet did exactly (laughs) exactly so i i get it i get that you know Someone could have a lot of beefs with the so, fact that we're just going back to a lot of that, those things. So let's see if we can match it up, okay? Let's see if we can match up real time. We didn't bullet point any of this. Yeah. Let's see if we can match up the points in the Terminator movies, right? So point number one is all the prologue where Sarah Connor and John Connor, John Connor's killed. Obviously, that's its own thing. Sure. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that T-800 in a second because that T-800 completes its mission. Sure. What happens to a T-800 after it completes its mission? Mm -hmm. That is an interesting uh, question that this movie attempts to answer. But we are in Mexico. We get Danny Ramos. She's a regular salt-of-the-earth girl. She has family, friends. She goes to her job. This is the new Sarah Connor. Right. Sarah Connor was a waitress. She has friends who are then murdered by the Terminator. See, but same thing happens here. See, but the the Rev nine did not need to search the phone book for all the Sarah Connors. No. To go and slaughter. You remember that in the first one uh-huh. where it just starts going down the phone book, going and killing. Yeah, Sarah this Connors. one just needs the Wi-Fi pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and not for nothing, but also manages to ta- teleport like right into her apartment complex. Yeah, they're getting pretty accurate with where they're sending. I mean, these guys. You, you would you would think with the age that Danny is, would you say late teens? But I, I'm saying like where we're at in the timeline of the world, like sure. we're in the 2000s now. So sure. like the internet was created at this point when she is alive. Oh yeah. So if an AI was going back and trying to locate where she was. What I'm getting at is there's probably a digital copy of her address. And so unlike the 80s when Arnold came back, Mm -hmm. there's not some digital record that the computers could have gone to to see where did Sarah kind of live at this time. He had to work a little more manually. Exactly. Right. So then... So that happens, right? Yep. Terminator, bad machine, is sent to kill her. Yep. Uh, attacks her in public, uh, and then she is protected by someone else sent back in time. Obviously, this is, but she's a human. This is Michael Bean, basically. This is uh, Kyle Reese. You know, it's a combo. It's a combo. It's con- Where I, she's I, Kyle Reese, she has a, a deep personal connection with Danny. Much sure. like Kyle Reese is actually John Connor's father. Sure. And has a deep personal connection with Sarah Connor. Grace it was saved by future leader Danny in the future. Sure. So basically, like, there's that deep connection. Sure. Right? Um, what else do we have? Obviously, they try and turn it on its head where... Danny doesn't give birth to the rise, the, the leader of the resistance. She is the re- leader, leader of the resistance. Sure. There's your big old truck chase. 
Obviously, both movies have your big old truck chase in them, your car chases and whatnot. I'm trying to think of what else really matches up because then it's just a matter of survival. Well, it's I how think, are we going to kill this thing? I think you could argue that, you know, there's there's some other aspects in there. Okay. With, with, I mean, one could argue that, you know, Sarah and Arnold or the T-800 kind of play that role of, and, and more so, I think uh, the T-800 kind of plays that role of this is someone that tried to kill, which he did. Mm-hmm. He killed John because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the confusing things for me at first, like looking into this film at first was like, wait, so, you know, just remembering the fact that there's a bunch of Arnold's out there basically right. is the thing to remember. Like, I think that can be hard for people to realize that, like, there wasn't just one Arnold, like all the T-800s version 101 or whatever right so let's walk that back look like arnold so let's walk that back so which is a terrible strategy by the way like you know you make different model cars with different paint jobs and different features you know make different t800s look like different people um but the t800 that kills john connor we find out has the uh, you know uh, i don't remember exactly how it is I i don't remember if he is able to read like the energy disruption or if he just has the temporal senses, the temporal senses or whatever but he's actually the one texting sarah connor coordinates to go kill these terminators when they drop into the timeline basically he has some kind of way of detecting when another one is arriving yep and so he sends her a note basically at some point after this t-800 killed john he becomes i guess for lack of better term like self-aware and like yeah, humanized. Yeah, well, he continues learning, and that's the interesting conver- like question. It's like, what happens to a T eight hundred whose job is to continue learning to mimic human capabilities? But he's also a T eight hundred with nothing to do now. Exactly. I mean, he completed his mission, so right. um, apparently, it's he continues to learn and eventually right. So starts he, a family. So he <laughs> learns humanity. You know, hu- humans pair up. You know, humans are. Those types of creatures where we pair up and we continue on and whatnot. And he has a wife, even though they're it's it's never established that she's his wife, but he cares for the woman and her son. And there's that's where some of the best stuff comes in. Like when Sarah Connor shoots him like three times and he's like, this would be hard to explain to Alicia. (laughs) Like, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I miss Arnold. I love him so much. (laughs) He's genuinely hilarious. Sure. But it is interesting that. You know, a Terminator, a living, uh, a, a machine with a living, you know, skin and stuff like that would grow old because that's what, you know, externally, that's what skin does. It grows old. It doesn't regenerate. And as a machine that is designated to learn human behavior after its mission is complete, it's kind of funny that Skynet never built in like a, well, okay, shut down mode sure. or something like that. Instead... Or even had a plan for them to get back in time. Or something. Like, you just have this Terminator wandering around. Like, you don't have a self-destruct. You don't have a go walk to the deepest part of the ocean and stay there forever plan. It's interesting. It tries to do something different. And in my opinion, has some of the most interesting parts of this movie. Because it takes existing mythology that we already know. And it adds to it a little bit. It answers these questions a little bit more. So, But, I mean, I'm fine with the pattern. You know, I'm fine with the, you know, someone's got to be saved. Terminator shows up. 
somebody shows up to stop the Terminator, and then it's a chase. Yeah. That's really all it can be. The only reason that Genesis really screwed it up is because then they decided to turn it into a chase across time. Sure. Terminator shows up in 1980s, and they kill it immediately, and Kyle Reese shows up, and Sarah Connor's like, we've built a time machine. We're going to 2015. And it's like, what the hell is happening? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I need to rewatch that movie again just to make sure it's as batshit crazy <laughs> as I remember. So what are some of your favorite scenes from this? All right. That's a good question. Um, I Again, I mentioned, oddly enough, the first thing that comes to mind isn't any of the action scenes. Yeah. It's the stuff with Arnold. Arnold is... I think we take for granted how good Arnold Schwarzenegger is in this role, at what he does. I think we take for granted, just like sometimes we take for granted Stallone. Like, these guys are sure. They're most commonly known as these big, dumb, not great actor action stars. But Arnold is good in this movie. Even though he's playing an emotionless machine, the stuff that they give him is really good. The way he plays off of Linda Hamilton is really good. And all of that stuff in the cabin mm-hmm. as they're learning and planning. Cabin's fantastic. Great stuff. Some of my favorite stuff in the whole movie. Um, I love the Border Patrol stuff, actually, when they're at the Border Patrol facility. And I wish they made that more. It felt less iconic than it should be. But that shot of the Rev-9 walking with everybody trying to tackle him mm-hmm. and he's just spiking through them. That's pretty dope. I'm into that. Um, and then the final fight at the at, at the dam was pretty good. Like, was pretty good just in terms of, like, all right, there's four of us to take mm-hmm. on this thing. And I was into all of it. It didn't quite meet the dramatic moments of T2 because T2 will still make me cry sure. when the Terminator kind of – dies a little and then he open oh, system reboots and comes over the thing and blows over the T one thousand and then sinks down with the thumbs up. That stuff's waterworks every time for me. This one tries to do a little bit of that where he sacrifices himself. He looks up, he says for John and all that. And I appreciated that. I appreciated how hard it was to kill the Rev Nine. I I love the Terminator damage. Like the look of a human being, but with the face being torn away and there's metal and stuff. I'm into that shit so much, David. I don't can't explain why, but visually, it's so freaking cool. And I, 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 I love it. I love that. The ones that I didn't love as much was when all the human was away and it was like pure like metal Terminator. Are you like, Rev 9 or Arnold? Rev 9. Yeah. It didn't look. I don't. Th- I feel like that's going to be one of the things that doesn't age. Doesn't as well. age great. Well, he's. It's a black skeleton too. Yeah. Like, not like it's just a black color. It's not metal. Like it uh, does. To me, it doesn't look any better than the one we got in the nineties. Right. From that standpoint. Right. And and again, that's a great attribute to that film. Sure. But it's kind of a knock on this film that it doesn't feel like it's gotten any better. And right. I and I don't know if. I mean, you could say that's intentional because there's the consistency of, like, uh-huh. they still look the same. But at the same time, like, this Rev-9 was technically from well in the future of when the T-1000 mm-hmm. was made and when the T-800 was made. So he sh- doesn't necessarily need to look exactly the same right. because it's a whole different, like, AI organization type of thing. I, so. I, I also like the future flash forward where it showed the... Um, I don't remember if they were Rev-9s, but it showed other liquid metal Terminators. Mm-hmm. And they were just doing like some... Like, I don't know how to describe it. They had all these like tentacles. 
oh, that yeah, were just yeah. stabbing people. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you would do with liquid metal. Like, you're not going to fight somebody hand to hand. You're going to yeah. create tentacles to stab them with. Sure. That's a smart move. Um, the opening truck chase is pretty rad. Like, there's no bad action in this movie. Even the stuff that I thought was going to be bad, like when I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, they're crashing two cargo planes together? That feels unnecessarily big. I mean, it was a little unnecessarily it big. It was, <laughs> but it worked. It was well-filmed. Tim Miller does a solid job. He's a good action director. Yeah, he does great with action. You know, he did great with Deadpool. He's He does great with this. Um, I, 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 I would struggle to think of any scene that I didn't like. Um, it's a very these movies are very easy to make because they propel you forward. That's where Genesis kind of tripped up and Salvation yeah. kind of tripped up. But these Terminator movies, you're on limited time. You can't just do a three months later. These are told over days. Sure. And that's just efficient storytelling. You know, what do you think of the ending? So the ending. So we have Grace dies. Grace sacrifices herself. Take yep. out my power cell, yep. which is also what they do in Terminator Three. He's like, take out my power cell. You can just blow this, blow this TX up. Yep. So they do that. Then the, the T eight hundred sacrifices himself, just like they do in Terminator Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends with ha- Linda Hamilton and Danny Ramos, who is not Sarah Connor. She's John Connor. She's the hero. We established that already. Sure. Sure. And they they find Grace, which I didn't know how they found Grace on the schoolyard. Like I wasn't sure. Again, I think the difference is now we're in a world with the internet. She also obviously spent a good amount of time with her in the future. Sure. So she probably knew a little bit but of her Grace past. But Grace was how old in the future? Fifteen. Conservatively, early teens. What do you mean? So when future. Danny says saves Grace in yeah, the future, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. She's like, and so how old That's, is she? That, that was one of the she? things where it's all a little muddied, and we'd have to probably watch it again she's like seven. and document some of it because, to me, one of my nitpicks. There's two nitpicks I had. One, how does Arnold live with that family and then never figure out that he's a cyborg? Because he's it's not a physical relationship. <laughs> Which I'm like, fine. So they're not banging, but like, has she has she never tried to shove him once? Like, have they ever? I'm just saying, have they never like touched him? Like, right? Is there no physical contact? Like, I mean, it's Arnold, but I, they ask the question like, has she not realized that you weigh 400 pounds and he's, it's not the physical relationship? So it's like, all right, um, fine. But the other one would be the timeline, because it was it was fine in. Uh, I think one of the things with Sarah Connor and John Connor in that was that the savior was her son. Right. You know, from that standpoint, okay, it tracked that we could potentially get to a point far enough in the future where all of this seems possible. Sure. Now it, it feels like maybe we're like, what, conservatively 20 to 30 years max. Right. From when all this is happening. Max. But if. But if Grace is like five in in present time, yeah. how is she only 15 in the future? That means we're not talking 20 or 30. Exactly. We're talking, we're talking 10. 10 years from when they start running into some I of these things. They have it here. And so from that standpoint, that's where I feel like it got a little muddied in its timeline a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe she's older, but still you're talking at the max like maybe 15 to 20 years. Like, there's a lot of technology to come out in 15, 20 years. Right. So. I, 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 listen, here's the thing. How do I like the ending? 
I'm in for more adventures. I'm in for them to explain more of this shit in the second movie. Cool. I'll be there. I'll show up. If this if it happens, I'll be there. But it definitely leaves some questions because Judgment Day, when 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 Michael Bean shows up in 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 the first Terminator, he's like, This is Judgment Day. This is the date. August whatever, nineteen ninety seven. And we immediately have a ticking clock. Sure. And then we know that John Connor is going to be X amount of years old and that when he's in his 20s or 30s, he's going to be the leader of the resistance, right? We don't have an explanation of the timeline here. We just explained that Legion did its thing, did its Skynet thing, and that Grace was a kid and that Danny saved her. But Danny doesn't look that much older in the future, flash forward, and Grace looks like a at, at the youngest, she's 12. And, and that's where I feel like... I wonder if I can find out and, how old and, and young that's, Grace is. And that's where I feel like we have to wait. You know, that's that's why I always say, like, I hope we get two more films because I think this film was done well enough and the action's good and um, I'm I'm fine with where we establish things and and uh, you know where we're at. It says 2042 is when Grace gets sent back. Right. So that's 22 years. 22 years from now. So if she was five in that, then that I mean, that tracks a little bit because she doesn't get sent immediately. So, I mean, that tracks. You could have a window in there that Grace is somewhere between 27 and five. Sure. When she's saved by Danny. So, I mean, that well, all makes that's sense. what I'm interested in. I'm interested in if they even try to stop Legion or if they try to stop it from happening or if Sarah's just like, we're going to train you. Yeah. To, so I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm interested. I hope he gets a chance. I like, I like him, as a director. I like the stuff that he's produced, and I hope we get more of this. I'm um, always in for more Terminator. I'm always in for it. I I don't care. Even after Genesis, they're like, we're making Dark Fate. I'm in. I I you can't get me out. So I'm ready for more, but I have doubts as to whether or not there will be more so uh that will do it for us uh for this episode before we wrap up i want to remind everybody that you can get free episodes of the popcorn diet just by hitting subscribe hitting uh hitting follow wherever you're listening from take a minute give us a review give us five stars share us with your friends we really appreciate it don't forget to check out patreon.com slash the popcorn diet Consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Help us improve. Get yourself early access to episodes and other patron-only content. Don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And, of course, you can find all of our latest episodes, articles, predictions, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.